In a world with so many uncertain and confusing voices, isn't it wonderful to know that there's an objective truth outside of ourselves? That truth is found in the Word of God. That word, which Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible is our foundation, and through it we learn the good news of Jesus Christ, the Gospel. This is Gospel Talk with Pastor Wes Bradenhoff. We invite you to join us today as we mine the riches of God's Word, searching as for hidden treasure, that we might understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Here's our pastor and teacher, Wes Bradenhoff. Hello and welcome to another edition of Gospel Talk. I'm Pastor Wes Bradenhoff and all, as always, I'm glad that you've joined me again this afternoon. Well, over the last uh, number of weeks, we've been doing a, a survey of basic Christian doctrine. And we've come this week to the doctrine of the church. Doctrine of the church is sometimes technically called ecclesiology, the study of the church. So what we want to do today is begin considering some of what the Bible teaches about the church. And we want to begin with the fact that the church is Catholic. Now, the word Catholic, sometimes people hear that word and they, they right away get turned off because they think Roman Catholic. But the, the word Catholic has a long history also in Protestant churches as having a good meaning, a good sense. And I think it's good that we retrieve, that we recover that good sense of the word Catholic, that good biblical sense of that word. Because the word Catholic simply means universal. It means universal. It means that the church is found all over the world. It also means that the church of Jesus Christ has been found in all ages in all times, right from the very beginning of the world, that there will always be a church of Jesus Christ throughout the ages. And also the fact that the church of Jesus Christ is found in all kinds of different cultures and different societies and nations. It's not just restricted to one sort of people. It's found among all peoples of the earth. So that word Catholic, we don't find that word in the Bible. It's true, but it's still a good word, just like the word Trinity. We don't find the word Trinity in the Bible either, yet we hold on to that word because it accurately reflects the Bible's teaching about God. So Psalm 87 is a psalm that gives us a, a picture of the Catholicity of the church, particularly of the, the Catholicity of the church from the perspective of the church encompassing all nations and all peoples. What a beautiful psalm this is, and I'd like to read it to you. Psalm 87 has a title of the sons of Korah, a psalm, a song. He has set his foundation on the holy mountain. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are said of you, O city of God. I will record Rahab and Babylon among those who acknowledge me. Philistia too, and Tyre, along with Cush, and will say, This one was born in Zion. Indeed, of Zion it will be said, This one and that one were born in her. And the Most High himself will establish her. The Lord will write in the register of the peoples, This one was born in Zion. As they make music, they will sing, All my fountains are in you. Again, what a beautiful 
marvelous psalm that speaks about the, the realities of the church today and the even more glorious reality of the church in the age to come. It says here about the city of God. So when it's, it's speaking about the city of God in the Old Testament, that's referring to Jerusalem. In, in the New Testament period, the city of God has been taken up into the church. The church is often referred to as the city of God, the Jerusalem, the place where the, the temple of God is. It's in the church today. So this is a prophecy about the church. Glorious things are said of you, O city of God. I will record Rahab and Babylon among those who acknowledge me. Now, when people hear Rahab, and if you're familiar with the Old Testament, probably the first thing that comes into your mind is the woman who helped the spies in the time of Joshua, that they went to the, the city of Jericho and Rahab was the woman who took the spies in. However, here in Psalm 87, Rahab is not referring to that woman, but instead to Egypt. Rahab is a special name for the nation of Egypt. So you could also translate this, I will record Egypt and Babylon among those who acknowledge me. So these, these nations that had formerly oppressed Israel, these peoples are going to acknowledge God. Goes on, Philistia too, and Tyre along with Cush. Cush, the upper Nile region to the, to the south of present-day Egypt. And they will say, this one was born in Zion. So all these nations, some of whom had oppressed the people of Israel in ages past, are going to, it's going to be said of them that they are natural born citizens of the city of God. They are natural born members of God's people. They're going to belong to God, to his people, to his church. And then it goes on in verse 5, Indeed of Zion it will be said, This one and that one were born in her, and the Most High himself will establish her. Again, it's emphasized that of Zion, that's the city of God where the temple is. And like I said, in the New Testament, the temple becomes the church of God, among other things. The temple is also the individual believer, temple of the Holy Spirit. It's also Jesus Christ. But the word temple is also used to describe the church of God. You know, uh, Peter refers to a, a living house built out of uh, spiritual stones and so on. And then it says in, in verse 6, the Lord will write in the register of the peoples, this one was born in Zion. That's the third time that it's mentioned in this psalm. As they make music, they will sing, all my fountains are in you. Who's going to be doing the singing? Well, it's going to be Egypt and Babylon, Philistia, Tyre, Cush. All the nations are going to be taken up into God's church. And again, that is a picture of the fact that the church today is Catholic that it is universal, that it encompasses all sorts of peoples from all over the face of the earth. That's an amazing truth. And there are other Bible passages as well that speak about the church's Catholicity. And we can think of Jesus saying in John 10, 14 and 16, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own and other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. In that passage, Jesus is saying his people are not just Jewish, the Jewish people, but he's also going to go to other peoples and other nations and, and bring them in. And then later on in 
um, Joel 2.32, or earlier on, actually. Joel 2.32. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. doesn't matter where you come from. And in Acts 2.29, that passage of Joel 2.32 is, is quoted. Acts 2.21, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So we believe in the Catholicity of the church. Let me also quote to you from the Belgic Confession of Faith. We've, I've mentioned that a number of times. There's a beautiful statement here about this doctrine of the Catholicity of the church. And I think it's, it's worth sharing with you. And I, 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 I think it's biblical. I would encourage you to compare what it says with Scripture. I'm going to put this, uh, a link to this Belgic Confession on the uh, website, gospeltalkradio.blogspot.com. You can have a look at it for yourself, and you can compare it with what Scripture says. Anyway, the quote reads, This church has existed from the beginning of the world and will be to the end. So there you see the temporal aspect of Catholicity, that it's, it's, it also embraces time. And then it says, for Christ is an eternal king who cannot be without subjects. That's interesting. Christ is an eternal king who cannot be without subjects. Psalm 89, 36 says, his seed shall endure forever and his throne is the sun before me. His seed, referring to, to David. So Christ is an eternal king and a king by definition always has subjects. So that means that Christ will always have a church from the beginning of the world till its end. The Belgic Confession goes on. This holy church is preserved by God against the fury of the whole world. So there's a world out there that hates the church, that fights against her. Right? You can think of Jesus, what he says in Matthew 16, 18. And also I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. There are those out there who will fight against the church and who would try to destroy it, but God will preserve it against the fury of the whole world, although for a while it may look very small and as extinct in the eyes of man. Thus, the Belgic Confession goes on, during the perilous reign of Ahab, the Lord kept for himself 7,000 persons who had not bowed their knees to Baal. You remember that story in uh, 1 Kings 19, Elijah thought that he alone was left uh, in, in Israel of people who would serve God and who honored God. But God comes to him, 1 Kings 19, verse 18, God says to him, Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Then the Belgic Confession goes on. Moreover, this holy church is not confined or limited to one particular place or to certain persons, but is spread and dispersed throughout the entire world. However, it is joined and united with heart and will in one and the same spirit by the power of faith. You could think of Acts 4.32. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. And Ephesians 4, 3 and 4 speaks of endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. 
So this church, this Catholic church is joined together by the same spirit. It has unity. And that's something for which we also have to strive. And it's, it's a unity that must always be based on the, the truth of God's word. So the Catholicity of the church is something that we ought to hold dear to our hearts. Next, we want to consider that the church is important. That you know, there are people out there who who regard the church as kind of uh, a nice thing to have, but not something that is completely necessary for Christians. Well, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches that the church is the bride of Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches that Jesus Christ loves the church. If you doubt that, have a, have a look at the uh, letters of Jesus Christ to seven churches in the first three chapters of Revelation. Jesus Christ loves those churches. He loves the church. And if he loves the church, shouldn't those who are united to him by faith also love the church and want to be united and joined to a church? Well, we're going to talk more about that tomorrow. We've run out of time for today. I hope today's program's been uh, informative and educational for you, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Till then, may God bless you richly. You've been listening to Gospel Talk with Pastor Wes Bradenhoff. We trust that the Word of God has blessed you this afternoon. This broadcast comes to your courtesy of the Langley Canadian Reformed Church. The Langley Canadian Reformed Church always welcomes visitors. You can find us at 21804 52nd Avenue in Langley, just to the east of the airport. Our Sunday worship times are 9.30 and 2. You can find more information about the Langley Canadian Reformed Church at our website, www.langleycanrc.org. Once again, that website, www.langleycanrc.org. You can email us at gospeltalk at hotmail.com. That's gospeltalk, all one word, at hotmail.com. You can also call us toll-free at 1-866-288-1087. Again, that number, 1-866-288-1087. This has been Gospel Talk with Pastor Wes Bradenhoff. Thanks for listening.